This program is sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Zion's sake, I'll not hold my peace. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. Isaiah 62.1 is taken directly out of the Hebrew Scriptures when the prophet Isaiah declared, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet, until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning. Your hosts for the program are Shelley and June Volk, Jewish believers burdened to see Jew and Gentile become one. Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. Bless the Lord. Good evening to you and welcome to For Zion's Sake. We thank you for joining us. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi, everyone. It's good to be with you as we continue our study on Psalm 22, a very powerful portion of Scripture, a very prophetic psalm written by King David approximately 1,000 years before Jesus walked the earth. And we'll see how much of this psalm was fulfilled through the words and the description of Jesus suffering on the cross. And the psalm, of course, and well, let me say this. When you, we think of Psalm 22, I pray that you would consider these two verses from the New Covenant. For example, Luke 24, 44, Jesus was speaking to the disciples and said, These are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. And we see in Psalm 22 how Jesus Jesus fulfilled the words of the psalm. And we must see Jesus, the Messiah, in this. It's not just the writing of Paul, but he was prophetically speaking about how Jesus would be on the cross. The other verse is Ephesians chapter 1, verse 14. Paul's prayer included these words, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. And we pointed out that the Greek word here for knowledge is epignosis, a much stronger term than the usual word, which is gnosis, which infers a deeper participation in the knowledge received and its knowledge that will influence the one seeking that knowledge. So it's really a transforming knowledge. And we know that Psalm 22 started with the agonizing word of Jesus, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? This is exactly what Jesus said on the cross. But we see there's a progression in this psalm through Jesus sharing his agony, sharing his prayers. It went from distress to prayer, from prayer to praise, and a picture of what will take place as a result of Jesus' crucifixion. So what we want to do in, for today and tomorrow is speak about practical lessons that we could learn from Psalm 22 because it's such a rich portion of Scripture that we need some practical application. And the first thing we want to talk about is the persistence of Jesus on the cross. For example, 
These are verses that should help us to understand how Jesus was able to endure on that cross. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we shall reap if we do not grow weary. Interesting verse in James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. Consider, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance or patience, and let endurance have its perfect result, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. You know, when you look at Psalm 22, we see that Jesus did exactly this, and it's an example for us when we go through various trials. James says, consider it all joy. How many of us consider it joy when we're going through a trial? Luke 21, verse 19, by your endurance, you will gain your lives. We see in Romans 12, 12, this word, talking about how we should live, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, and devoted to prayer. Wow, this is so powerful. Let's look at what Paul wrote to the Thessalonians. We read in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 4, We ourselves speak proudly of you among the churches of God for your perseverance and faith in the midst of all your persecutions and afflictions which you endure. Powerful, and there is tribulation coming. There are persecutions coming. How are we going to respond? Are we going to respond as Jesus' example on the cross? Or are we going to fall away from the Lord? Jesus asked, when I return, shall I find faith on the earth? One more verse regarding persistence that was demonstrated in Psalm 22. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. And Jesus received what was promised, the glory of God and salvation in the world. And he is our example for today, the way we live. And those scriptures that Shelley read really have to do with verses 28, 29, 30, and 31 of Psalm 22, which reads, For the kingdom is the Lord's, and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth will eat and worship. All those who go down to the dust will bow before him, even he who cannot keep his soul alive. Posterity will serve him. It will be told of the Lord to the coming generations. They will come and will declare his righteousness to a people who will be born, that he has performed it. And we really see that because of his endurance, we can cry out to him and pray. And when we go through the same kind of afflictions that he experienced on the cross, he gives us the power because he lives in us to endure. It's powerful, Junie, it really is. Another thing that we could easily learn is prayer, how Jesus continued to pray in the midst of his suffering. And we don't want to um, 
Didn't you just read those? Well, no, that was more persistence. But I want to talk about the prayer itself. For example, First um, Chronicles sixteen eleven: Seek the Lord and His strength; seek His face continually. Psalm one sixteen verse two: Because He has inclined His ear to me. Therefore, I shall call upon him as long as I live. Junie, I sense that too often we keep prayer as a last resort. When we see through this example in Psalm 22, that should be the first thing that we turn to, prayer. Psalm 130, verses 1 and 2. Out of the depths I have cried to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. Remember, we don't see the Lord hearing the Lord, uh, the Lord, the Father, hearing Jesus' cries until verse 21. But he persisted, and the, his life was a prayer. First Thessalonians 5, verses 17 and 18. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is God's will. All right, so we see that prayer is an essential ingredient, and we're going to continue it. But I think one of the factors that we must emphasize, June, is the issue of affliction. This was an affliction beyond anything that we can imagine. And we, we need to see that how we, re, how we respond to affliction is really an example for us. Let's listen to these verses regarding affliction. Isaiah 53, verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken of God and afflicted. Isaiah 53, verse 7. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians 4, 8. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing. You know, we... we, we, we what can I say? How can I say it? We kind of shy away from any kind of suffering or any kind of testing, but we need to see affliction is really the uh, a real litmus test to how we are related to the Lord. Let's go with First Thessalonians chapter three verse four. For indeed, when we were with you, we kept telling you in advance that we were going to suffer affliction. And so it came to pass, as you know. This is what Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica. And if anybody other than Jesus knew what affliction was, it was Paul. And he says, again, in First Thessalonians, we have been destined for this. Affliction is part of a believer's life. And how we respond to affliction is an indication of where we are with the Lord. And if we approach them properly, we will be stronger in the Lord as we go through these times of testing or affliction. Psalm 119, verse 50. This is my comfort in my affliction, that thy word has revived or quickened me. Wow. Some may have comforted without affliction. Some may have affliction without comfort. But it's, as believers, we can have comfort in the affliction, and that comfort is the word of God, which quickens us, and we will be quickened when we need to be quickened. It says in Romans 15, verse 4, For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, that through perseverance and the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Junie, I, how, 
how can we describe the importance of going through trials and afflictions and God's demonstration of Jesus on the cross was such a testimony of perseverance and prayer. And without that, what, what can we expect out of our lives? Psalm 119, one, verse 107. I am exceedingly afflicted. Revive me, O Lord, according to thy word. Again, the word of God quickens us and becomes more powerful what than the present distress that we're going under. And doesn't it seem that we've we passed the test in the past, but yet the present affliction seems worse than all others. But we must rely on the word of God. And again, Jesus set an example for us in persistence and in going through the affliction. So Father, we thank you. Your life is a living expression and an example for all of us when testings come, when persecution comes, when we are being afflicted and many afflictions come because you want to perfect us and strengthen us in our relationship with you. So Lord, when they come, may we be prepared for it and may the word of God strengthen us so that we can become more than conquerors in times of affliction. We ask that for ourselves as well as for every one of our listeners and we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you would like to get in touch with Shelley and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. That's P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. And you can also contact them on their website, Shelley and June Volk.com. That's Shelley and June Volk.com. Until next time, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. This program was sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund.